0: Hey Agility Addicts, before we drop into our episode, I wanted to take a quick second here to mention Cody's Creations, one of our fabulous sponsors. Cody's Creations, or Carrie Beck, the creator of Cody's Creations, is a local collar maker out of Massachusetts, but she is nationally recognized and nationally ships nationally. My collars that my dogs wear at Agility Trials have received... Lots of compliments, and I just wanted to share where I got them from. And as you know, Michelle and I, not only are we huge fans of Cody's Creations, but we don't have a lot of pennies to rub together. Cody's Creations creates custom-designed collars, leashes, and harnesses without breaking the bank. I can't tell you how amazing, amazing her products are, and I highly recommend that you go check her website out. It's C O D Y S. -S 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 C R E A T I O N S dot com. That will take you right to her Etsy page. Check out her products. You can also email her and ask her for any specifics. I have over 25 products from Cody's Creations. Michelle, probably more. She's a few more dogs than me. And they're just fabulous. She does biothane. She does nylon leashes, customized leather. It's just incredible. So really check her out. Little bow ties if you've got a pregnancy announcement or just want to make your dog look cute, treat totes, you name it, she's got it. So check her out. She supports us. We want you guys to support her. And best of all, you can do so by getting 15% off by using the code STARTLINE at codyscreations.com. And now I'd like to welcome you to our next episode. Thanks so much.
1: Are you ready? Steady. Welcome to Startline. Every journey is different, but they all start with the startline. We're here to edutain
0: you about the world of dog agility. The sport has changed rapidly in just the few years we have been a part of it.
1: Join us as we discuss our journeys, share our successes, laughs, and failures.
0: We will be joined by special guests, and our hope is for you to help us grow the sport we love.
1: Episode 25, go. Hey,
0: guys. It's Kara. It's Kara. And Michelle. And we're here tonight continuing on our judges interview series with a double whammy judge and AKC rep Arlene Spooner. So Arlene, thank you so much for coming on. And as always, instead of rattling off some boring bio, which would never be for any of our guests, but rather than me reading something fascinating, why don't we learn from you a little bit about your life, how you got into AKC or anything you want to talk about Why you're here with us tonight. Sure. Well, thanks for having
2: me. I actually got very lucky when I was in college, I met someone on the world team, Diane Bauman. And so I jumped into agility uh, with everything and got great information right away. She also helped me get my first two dogs. And that was a an, Af- an Afghan and a Cocker Spaniel. So oh. sort of oh. random choices. And <laughs> um, they were both rescues and very different from each other. So I just learned a ton right away just from... Uh, Their issues and difficulties and and then of course learning the sport myself and I grew up with Briards, so even though I have what seems like an eclectic mix you'll notice none of them have beards (laughs) (laughs) I can appreciate that they just I I love
0: I love the look of a bearded dog like a Wheaton or a Schnauzer and I love to love on them but it's just moist (laughs) 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 oh but that yeah i've never understood that wonderful beautiful dogs and i always appreciate people that keep the dog in the natural look because you can cut them down Mm -hmm. but yeah oh that's a that is an eclectic mix so an afghan a cocker Mm -hmm. and then you started off now did you do any agility with briards or did you grow up with them as either
2: you know i did yes i did a little bit with with the with what were then my mom's dogs because i had moved out um and then I uh, also got a Manchester Terrier. And, <laughs> you covered
0: all size gamuts. And now I have
2: Shelpie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that is fascinating. So, yeah, so you got lucky because you got an introduction by, you know, kind of a top level player where, um, you know, my story is just quick. I, I literally, my friend came to my house who wasn't even competing in agility and said, oh, you have bouncy dogs. You should try agility. And that was it. I went to a class. The teacher was like there's this thing called trial she did not push or insinuate at all she was just like this is what other people do and I you know gung-ho signed myself up and dove right in and I learned the hard way <laughs> but you yeah, it it.
2: definitely saved me a lot of time to have somebody especially Diane Bowman, had a Cocker Spaniel on world team and wow. so having a Cocker Spaniel also so I learned a lot early on what not to do and I didn't have to make those same mistakes and learn it the hard way as you say. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So what? So did you ever try out for world team or kind of talk us through your journey? You meet Diane and you yeah. you
2: get exposed and you play around. But what ha- what happens from there? Well, I was I was still finishing up college, but I decided that I wanted to be an instructor, and so she helped me. She I sat in on a lot of her classes and lessons and um, learned that way, and she helped kind of get me into the field. And so that's that's how I got into agility right right off the bat, just
0: like that. So all right. And then, you know, talk us through the progression. Cause you didn't just get into agility. There's people that have been in agility for 30 years and they're just exhibitors, but you have gone from, you know, novice a exhibitor all the way through up until representative. So
2: how'd you get there? Yes. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's been, I don't know, 20 years. So it took a while, but, um, the competing was a natural thing for me. I've, I've always been into sports. And so, um, my, The Briards growing up were more um, confirmation and a little obedience. And we had not even heard of agility. And so um, once I found out there was a sport you could do where you're running around instead of, sorry, but prancing along. (laughs) Um, We've both done confirmation. No apologies needed. (laughs) 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 But um, yeah, and so that definitely got me interested. And just like I said, jumped in both feet, and it's been pretty much my life ever since. That's yeah. awesome.
1: So then, what um, what made you decide to become a judge?
2: Well, I um, I was an instructor, and one of my students had gone to a trial, and <laughs> I'm not going to say who the judge was, and I will say this person's not judging anymore. But the she said the judge was mean to her, and I thought, oh, she probably was just really nervous and a little sensitive, but um, she told me what had happened. I thought, yeah, that is kind of mean. So that actually got me started thinking about becoming a judge because I thought, well, at least I can be nice to people. <laughs> and um, I did convince her to get get back and try it again. And she does still show to this day, but uh, it definitely was challenging to even get her to try again. So I thought, boy, one, one little thing that you say, you know, off the cuff that maybe a novice person takes to heart can, can stop someone's career. So I thought it was really important to have people out there who um, were going to be encouraging, particularly to the novice people. That's amazing yes. that
0: you say that, because I will say I have noticed a very positive shift in judges. I was very lucky. My first judge, I think it was Michelle Fletcher, she said, stress out there, fun in here. She was wonderful. But I have, over the years, not recently, had some judges that were either directly you know, y or I watched them be impatient, intolerant of novice people. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of them that I've seen, you know, one last one, I just, you know, retired. So I, I will say that that did seem to exist when I first started. And I, I am very happy to say that that is gone. But yeah, it's, that's an awesome reason for you to get into it because you really can, you know, turn people off of the sport. Being a novice person, there's so many things that can turn you off. Your nerves alone. There's a point where it can become unfun. You know, yes. when I was yeah. going through my weed pole problems, agility at some points became unfun. It was not fun anymore. And when you're a novice, there's also different trials, and I've I've traveled various regions, have different feelings to them, socio, sociological feelings. And even up here where we trial in the Northeast, even a different secretary can have a different tr- feel to a trial. So I know coming in as a novice that – that can be overwhelming but to to then have the one person that already you're going in to be judged under them to have them not be spectacular or anything less can ruin it so I'm glad you you know yay to your friend that stuck with it and yay to you for I mean that's you know a perfect origin reason and
2: I will say I want to make it clear my own experience had been very positive I all through I mean it took me forever to get my first cue and judges were always like oh keep trying good job you know Um, So very positive for for me personally. Um, So, you know, once in a while, I'm sure it happens in any sport. Once in a while, you run into someone who's maybe just even having a bad day. Yeah, I was just about to say that they could just be having a bad day. This is
0: not on his personality at all, and he was wonderful. But I remember Howard Etzel had every right to be mean one day when his back went out. and He stood in the middle of the ring on a 90-degree day, down on the cave, outside, And he stuck with it, but he was literally crooked. Now, if he had been short or crass, I would have been like, hey, dude, you, you deserve to. He was not. He was a gentleman. But I'm just saying, there, <laughs> that's a, a visual of a bad day. The poor man could even stand up straight. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I get it. And that is, too, because we, we get a snapshot. And that's why I always encourage people, if you had, and when we, um, you'll hear in the Oksana interview, some judges, I try, I always enter under somebody new. And I always give them at least two trials, meaning four days of trialing under the minimum before I make a judgment call. Because as Oksana pointed out, sometimes she makes courses for the 20 inch dog that runs in, you know, big loops. And sometimes she makes it for the 12 inch dog that needs to run in collection. And so one day you might like her courses and one day you don't, but it, it, it all depends on the judge and same with their attitude. They could have had a death in the family. They could be going through something personally. It could be really uncomfortable, 90 degrees in their backs out. Not that Howard did anything, but I'm just saying there's yeah. always <laughs> reasons. People are people. And I think we also need to understand that as exhibitors too, but I'm also at the same time trying to be super sensitive. If I'm having a bad day, I'm not gonna let a novice person know. I'm gonna just slap a smile on my face and if I'm upset because something happened in the ring, I'm gonna come out and be like, you know, sometimes that happens that's okay so and it can be hard to do um I used to not be so positive because I took things so seriously and then one of our friends said to us this guy Bill he was like oh or Kara I haven't seen you be upset in a while what's going on I was like I just decided it wasn't worth it like do I still internally get disappointed at a run mm-hmm. but 99% of that run was amazing we generally have one fault and even if we go off the rails at that point it's just funny like just enjoy it. Your dog is like, "Do you want me to do this?" Yeah. I, that's a good be- attitude. Yeah, you're being weird. I'm gonna I'm gonna fan out and go over here. So yeah, I just attitude is everything in agility. But I really love that you got into it because of an atti- You know, a, a poor attitude that your friend experienced. So that's super cool. Yeah. So then progressing on because you didn't stop at judging. <laughs> you didn't just stop there. And then I th- and when we get into this, I have so many questions because you give up a lot when you become a rep and so talk to us about that because as a judge you can still compete but when you become a rep don't you lose the ability to to compete and judge
2: correct yeah Yeah. in akc so um yeah it was kind of a surprise to me to be honest with you i got a phone call sort of out of the blue but the 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 rep that i had been replacing who had just retired was rich mcintosh and he's he's from my area he was from my area at the time and we were in the same club, um, so I got a call from Carrie, and she brought up rapping and asked me to consider it. And at the time, I had just retired one of my do- my main competitive dog, and to be honest, also, I mean, I I have two kids, two young kids, and so a a steadier job than self-employment was uh was definitely something I had to consider. And it's been it's been I mean, it can be tough at times, but overall, it's been a good experience and I've definitely learned a lot um, because you travel all over the country and see different styles, different breeds. Obviously, AKC has the most variety of dogs who actually compete. And so I really enjoy that aspect of it. But even just seeing how people handle things differently, you can take the same course, plop it in a different area of the country and get a completely different result and that to me, that's interesting,
1: yeah, that is really interesting and then and you get to see and know, as a rep, you are looking at courses that judges are submitting to you, so I guess we we were talking to some of the other judges about how um how long an average course takes to create. How much time do you dedicate looking at these courses <laughs> <laughs> And approving them and going through them because I imagine that that takes a lot of time as much as you know creating them does.
2: It it does take a lot of time and also depends on. Um, I have some judges I've been working with for for a while and so we're sort of in a rhythm. I know what what type of um, what type of course they're looking to create and so that helps me. If something is a little bit off, I can make a, a suggestion that I think that will fit their style. And as far as the time, it really depends. Depends on the building. I mean, you can have a nice, open, 100 by 100, no poles, and that's great, and that usually goes fast. Or you can have, you know, a 15-pole building, which we always talk about that one, um, <laughs> where you're just constantly tweaking something because the dog is running into a pole almost no matter what you do. So, the num the time that it takes is just really, really varies.
0: Yeah, I think there's so much behind the scenes that we don't realize goes on just to get and And we've touched upon this kind of with everybody we've interviewed so far. There's the behind the scenes prep that the judge does. And then we mm-hmm. touch a little bit about, and this is whole other episodes we could have, trial prep that the chair does, you know, the, the club. And then even before that, a lot of times the trial chair or group of people wanting to have an, a, a trial has to go to the board if they're not on the board. It's like, mine, when I got into this, at first I was overwhelmed. But I'm a doer and so I really want trials to happen and you have to join clubs in order for trials to happen and you have to be active and you have to do all these things. So there's this putting the trial together from the exhibitor side and then there's the putting the trial together from the judge's rep side. It's just, I love it. It's like coming together with this, the, you know, these masterpieces and we've, I know we've all complained, you know, oh, this club didn't put on a good club, blah, 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 blah. But now that I know the inner workings – the fact that it still came together and ran, we should just be appreciative of. <laughs> Speaking of which, so many things can go wrong. Like Arlene, I think the first time I really got to know you, because whenever a rep shows up, we're all like, oh, a rep's here. Okay. All puppies out of the building. You know, like everybody's like, best behavior. And so what, what, when I realized that, oh, well, representatives are there to make sure everything's safe and happy and fun. You did that for us. I was trial chair. Jack Caldaso was the judge. And our trial secretary secretary didn't show up on time. And you're like, okay, we can, we have choices. We can either continue to sit here and wait because we know they're coming or we can get the ball rolling. And you started to handwrite out scribe sheets. We start, we just, first off, appreciation for the secretary because you learn how much they do and how prevalent they are. But you, you not only helped us get things going, you cheered up everybody. And I think by that that was one of the days that Michelle and I, for the first time, started running each other's dogs and just made I mean, we made the day fun. Yeah. And you took I was stressed out. I think it was my first time chairing. And I was like, Are you kidding me? Are you this is gonna <laughs> go know,
2: wrong? It's funny that you brought that up because that just happened again. Oh, when geez. I was when I was out judging, um the five months that I was able to go back to judging, um, that happened again. And and I said you know what? I've been through this before. It's no big deal. I got it. I got it. I
0: got it. Yeah. So that was the turning point for me when I went, Oh, reps, aren't these scary people. They're these wonderful, helpful people that have done all these jobs. They've done everything that we've done, exhibitors, bar setters, judges, well, maybe not secretary, but you know how that goes. And so You took a bad situation and made it a whole lot better, and that was the day that I was like, I love Arlene. She's the best. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) Well, thank you. And then I was, you know, I know COVID caused turmoil, but I was excited that you were, for you know, selfishly, that you were able to get back to judging, and then we were able to judge under you, and then, girl, you're fast (laughs) course in (laughs) New York.
1: I was wondering if you were going to bring that up. Oh, of course I'm bringing
0: that up. (laughs) I got that map that night, and I, I turned to my husband. I was like, what? what it it was <laughs> fascinating i actually I, I want to try i want another judge to do it again because i want to do it again i want another go at it because i didn't get an attempt at it because we all know what happened to debbie when she got outside <laughs> her, her brain is spotted. um so we didn't actually get to attempt it due to fault of handling i'm a, that's a one time i won't blame my dog she went cuckoo <laughs> for
2: cocoa puffs <laughs> well if i remember that trial was supposed to be inside right,
0: right. yeah so i i actually love outdoor trials we never do well i'm not it takes us four or five outdoor trials because you know we have a total of six a year for us to get a queue but i just love the camaraderie it was safe it was covid it was nice we had yeah. pop-up tents that
2: one that one was very well run yeah was, it was uh albany um, um Greenwich. greenwich
0: well i think they call yes. it greenwich because i mean albany
2: obedience club oh the- yes yes oh yes. yeah yep
0: yeah that was yeah, lovely. That-
1: that fast, actually, I, I saw the bet that I before and I was like, <laughs> oh no! And it, it was a it, jump to a one eight, like one yeah, eight. you had to rear cross away from you.
2: Yes, and yes.
1: I I was I I was thinking to myself, if I was running Riley, it would be no big deal because she actually I we thrive on rear crosses, but then of course I was running serious and that the next day and I was like, oh, this one's gonna test us, and I don't think I don't think we've got that one, but it was a nice test because not for nothing i feel like we've been doing a lot of fast lately because we've had a lot of like double trials game trials and all of that which is great but a lot of the fast sends have been very similar it's jump, like tunnel jump 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 wrap jump, jump, jump. jump, <laughs> rap, jump.
0: Mm-hmm. jump yeah. tunnel jump
1: and it was nice at, to see a challenge like that mm-hmm. and i think how
2: many dogs actually got that
1: well i know noreen did
2: I'm yeah, gonna say it. Noreen. I remember Noreen got was the first one to get it, but i I've never. That's nothing to do with being a rep. I've never sent out easy. If it's excellent master, it should be difficult. Yeah. But I also, when I was starting out, was I did AKC, but I also did a lot of old school NADAC, and there's a lot of distance in that. So that's just something that I sort of grew up on, so to speak, and so my sends tend to be. I think fair for all heights, but definitely challenging. It was
0: fair. It was. It's one of yeah. those, if you fall on a day that your dog has that skill. I actually felt like Debbie had the skill, but I had to get creative about getting it because you had the line kind of going to infinity, but it did cut in a smidgen. And so I felt like I could actually V-set her and follow the line, pull her out, and then say, get out, jump. Meaning, don't take the one closest to us, take the one out there. Of course, my dog was in non-cooperative mode that day, <laughs> um, which that I never blame her. I'm blaming her that day. That was all her, because we did, she went to the seesaw and then did a run around, much like her daughter who did a run around. They get grass under their toes, and where they go, nobody knows. So yeah. it was just whatever. But yeah, it it was it's fascinating to see kind of your style because we know behind the scenes to some degree you are, you know, have influencing some of these judges' courses. But then to actually get your direct vision and design, I thought it was really cool. I had a lot of fun. And, of course, we knew you, and I know you'd make it fun. And, you know, you've... You've been a staple for me. <laughs> just at invitationals alone, because you're a familiar face. It's like, oh, there's Arlene. She saved my butt as I was a trial chair and had nobody to secretary. And then, oh, look, there's a familiar face. I'm nervous as can be. I have to go to finals. What do you mean I can't wear these floral hideous pants? What do you mean I have to wear black pants? And you're like, I'll help get you black pants. So yeah, you just it's. I feel badly because I'm like Arlene <laughs> whenever I see you, but. Yeah, you've just been instrumental in helping me, as a you know novice raised to a master's kind of feel comfortable with the organization. And you know, some people are afraid of higher ups, just nature. You know, like if the president walks in the building, you're like, oh, there is the president. In the bu-, you know, so you always, you know, even just as a judge, I think people feel like you're inherently unapproachable, when it's the exact opposite. You're nothing yeah. but helpful and approachable
2: well we try to we try to get that rumor out there that we're approachable,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just you know it's it's been fun, but kind of you know if you want to discuss some of it, talk about judging through the pandemic and either how it related to judging before you became a rep or just you know kind of anything that you want to talk about because and I haven't said this word in a while, and I forgot about it, but how have things been in the pandemic? <laughs> I dropped I dropped the ball on using that word and then somebody typed it to me the other day and I was like, "Oh right, I used to say that."
2: And um, I it's been interesting going back and judging because I'm so used now to seeing tons of courses every every week and trying to adjust it based on what's already existing. So it was nice to go back and create something completely that's mine again. And so for that 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 part I really even though it was a short period of time i really liked going back and doing that and getting getting back into well what do i want to create instead of how can i make this course legal so and i think that that's something that's maybe people don't know about reps we we aren't we aren't really supposed to require our judges to change courses based on something we like um, and that's also why we don't have regions that we cover we don't want our judges or our area of the country to be overly influenced by one single person's opinion. Mm, And even if I feel like my opinion is right, (laughs) someone else might not think so. And so I think that's, that's part of what makes AKC such a great organization. There's so much variety in courses. So whatever it is your dog does well, you're going to see it on a course at some point And, and you can, and you can show your strength at that point. So let's uh,
0: flip that a little bit. If you are not to influence the design of others, you're just to make sure that they're legal and safe, which is awesome. Have you, during the time of being a rep and then coming back to being judges, were you influenced by anybody's design?
2: I think I'm always influenced by other people's designs. I think it's just a natural thing that if you love the sport, you're going to see a course that you that you think, oh, wow, that's cool that they came up with that. And you want to use it. <laughs> you want to put it in a, use it in a different way, put it in a different section of the course. But I mean, there's only so many things you can do with 20 obstacles. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of reusing someone else's idea in one section of the course. Um, and I definitely have a lot of judges. I, I review a lot of my judges that I think come up with great ideas that I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I would thought of that in the five months that I was designing for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's awesome. And you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Cause I had, I figured that reps had a region I didn't realize that the judges were kind of spread like kind of sporadic so like how many judges do you oversee courses for
2: well it's a little bit more now than it used to be we're <laughs> short-staffed I was up to 76 at one point wow. which, is, which is a lot yeah uh, but it, it used to be about 40 Okay. Yeah, I was
0: thinking like 30, 30 popped into my head. I thought that was reasonable because you've got to figure out the time and how many judges can judge on a weekend a different –
1: wow. Yeah, wow.
0: Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, it, again, things that we wouldn't know if we didn't have access to judges and reps. It's, again, it's behind-the-scenes stuff, how much hard work you're putting in to make sure that we have safe legal courses every single weekend.
2: Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah
0: that is fascinating
1: (laughs) and now they can be spread out throughout the country then right like you don't have you're assigned people but not regions yeah correct yes yep that's really cool
0: yeah that's super cool and then you're also getting to see without necessarily seeing I know you've traveled many many places but you're not necessarily seeing all the facilities I guess that's probably fun too if you were assigned to that facility to see it when you've only seen it on paper
2: it is, yes. The first time I went out to Minnesota and saw the, the 50 <laughs> polls, that was, was a real eye-opener. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: Michelle and I played that YouTube video like a million times. I, I just couldn't, I felt so sheepish for complaining about the four polls we had. <laughs> I literally was like, how, huh, how, huh, huh, what? I, it just mind-blowing. Oh, maybe yeah. I should make it a goal to get it. I wish – I need to win the lottery because I want to be like that couple that traveled oh, yeah. the United States, going to every state to do an agility trial. They're my idols. That's literally when I retire, that's what I want to do. I'm going to get myself an RV, and I'm going to go to every state. I will have to fly to Hawaii. Um, but, uh, yeah, and Bermuda. sites
2: you've heard of that you want to go see in person. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I need to go to Midland because the TNT is owned by another boxer person, so I'm dying to get out there. And I would like to go to the West Coast just to see it. I kind of – every time I see LaVonda, I always tap into her, and I'm like, what cool, you know, new title things have you seen? And, and just going to different regions in Ohio and Indianapolis and seeing how they do different things. Like, they call – we always call – to me, it's so sterile and boring – the worker coordinator, you know, the person that makes sure that we have workers, the worker coordinator. Ohio they're like worker herder I'm like that's exactly what it is you're herding cats
2: you're like getting people in. so I just I love all those different terms and they yeah they call like um the people call the bar setters bartenders that's one of my favorites oh (laughs) Oh, I love that
0: that's a good you know what I'm putting that in North Shore's next trial (laughs) instead of a ring crew I'm gonna say bartender I like it yeah because
1: there's nobody because you don't have to worry about a shoot to fluff anymore yeah there's no uh, shoot fluffers
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I just, I think it would be fun for us to kind of share, I, I think with all the downsides we can pay attention to COVID, which aren't even worth the thoughts anymore. I think the positives that it's brought out is kind of how people are even just handling COVID. I watch everybody's videos on the weekends and, you know, we've been mostly either using gloves or the pinchy thingies that if you drop something, you can't bend over to pick it up. But I saw somebody just wearing gloves and carrying a basket with it in. And, you know, some people would do buckets. Down in Connecticut they were doing kitty litter pails. Like you know, it's like, oh, fresh scoop. <laughs> you know, there's all these different ways that people can come up on how to handle things that, you know, even just things like mock cakes. You can't have mock cakes, but you can have individually wrapped cookies on the outside of the premise. Like what can you do to kind of survive COVID and still have fun? I think there's a lot yep. there. Yep.
2: I like to stretch our imaginations a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The,
0: yeah, the live feed has been phenomenal. Um I I remember one night <laughs> Melissa and I with Tempo we have exercise competitions on our Apple Watches and she was closing her rings cuz she was at a trial and I wasn't. So I was like, "Okay, so I'm on the treadmill live streaming the runs." And I just happened to watch her run and it, it's just it was really fun to be able to like work out with my friend. So, yeah, I I think I think there's a ton of good that came from COVID. Obviously, none of us would want to have it, again, ever. But I think it shows the versatility and the survivability and the addictability of agility. Yeah. <laughs> um, when there were no trials, I was fine staying home. No problem. Cool. Not, not you know. But we all know the struggle I went through with Inventationals. Um, family's still not talking to me. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and I... I boxer nationals are coming up in may and there's my parents live 12 minutes from pinnacle dog sports in ohio so i talked to my husband today i was like do i either go to palmyra and stay there with strain you know stay in a hotel or do i go to ohio and hope that my family's talking to me by then he's like go to ohio so worst case i just get a hotel and i don't stay with my family but yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy so i yeah i don't know i just and you're in such a unique position because We go into shutdown, you know, AKC had layoffs, then it's like, okay, now we can have trials, you can go judge, you get to judge, and then it's like,
2: okay, things are starting to get back to normal, come back as a rep, it's just... They did let me me, um, finish the trials that I'd already committed to, which I thought was nice, because I didn't want to leave those people... I mean, you've been a trial chair, you know what it would be like if a month before your trial, the judge was like, yeah, sorry, I can't make it, so... um, it did let me finish up those trials, but again, so, the AKC
0: was, again yeah. talking about fluidity and being kind of um, not compl- adaptable. Uh, thank you, adaptable. Great <laughs> word there. It's a whole episode on that. The AKC was really awesome about. Okay, they got rid of the you can't trial under the same judge rule to get a title because that's so unfair for the novice people. The what was the day you had a hundred? What was the rule about how many days? The distance three thirty days. 30 days, yeah, that, you could ju- that they could judge because it's like, oh, hey, Zach. Oh, hey, Zach. Oh, hey, no. Zach. Um, which works out. You know, we're down judges because they're still very respectable judges that don't feel comfortable trialing COVID. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable jumping on a plane right now.
1: So, yeah. you know, and, I drive. And even some, I drive clubs, anywhere. some clubs only want to hire local judges. So that limits them, too. So it is nice to have that, that ability to have – have them come back a little bit more often during yeah, this. I
0: think the AKC really stepped up in making a difficult situation adaptable. Yeah. You know, we understand the rules, they're not, it's obviously, so you don't have the same judge for six months in the same area and, you know, people feeling, oh, they have a big wheel and that's not fair, and I totally understand why the rules existed, but to change the appropriate ones to make trials more, you know, feasible just was super yeah. helpful. Yeah. other other organizations were literally just we you know we can't so we're going to do at home stuff which again works for them that's completely fine I, again each organization each person each exhibitor they all found creative ways to kind of deal with this so but i was very pleased with the AKC just i've been thrilled with how things have been handled so and i know it's hard too because you have different rules in different states it's it's so impossible it's basically like here's the guidelines but what it comes down to is really follow what you can in your own state. But here's what we as an organization, you know, parent organization to these trials says can help you. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then all the adjustments too that were made for invitationals for nationals, the requirements and doing all of that to allow people to not feel like, you know, because if there was one part of the country that wasn't able to trial when another part of the country was allowed to, then, it, you know, you kind of look at it like, OK, well, they're allowed to trial. So they're going to get their requirements done. I can you know, so they were really good about that as well. And then transferring over, you know, your qualifications for nationals from Perry last year to Tulsa this year. So I thought that was really good too.
2: Yeah. Well, hopefully we won't have to make any more changes, but we're going to review it again, obviously. And I think it was July. We're going to review it again um, to see if it was still realistic based on how trials ran or didn't run. Um, But Seems with the vaccine rollout that most trials are going to be able to run. We hope so. We'll see. Yeah, I. I
0: who knows? Here, here we are <laughs> in such a different world. But yeah, I, I've always and I've never been able to have a clear explanation as to why I'm so loyal to AKC. But I feel like it's never really let me down, except for during my novice days when I had a measurement issue and I got a nasty letter about returning my ribbons um oh, no <laughs> no I mean, I, I, mean, I know a lot of people have been through that it's not a nasty letter it's like the form-fitted letter that's like please return but it's I get it but when you're I nov- got one of those
2: ones for moving my dog up too early I yeah. thought I had a title I didn't and yeah. I got the I got the nasty gram <laughs>
0: yeah yes. and it's not really a nasty gram but when you're already stressed out and you're trying to figure out the AKC and you get this letter saying to return your ribbons you're like what first off I didn't yeah. earn any second off no but yeah it I, I've always, and I've tried UKI, and we've, you know, learned about USDAA, and, and and not that I would never do the other organizations, but I'm proud to have AKC-recognized breeds, and they're technically, for lack of a better term, off-breeds. You know, okay. I don't run, no offense, Arlene, a Sheltie, a, Pomer- <laughs> a Papillon, or a Border Collie. And so... Yep. I feel like I am recognized for my achievements oftentimes more by the AKC than our parent club. That's a discussion for another day, Mm -hmm. but I'm proud. I I feel like you guys particularly invitational make a big deal about us working so hard with our particular breed and you celebrate that.
2: Well, And it should be celebrated. It's again, the thing that makes AKC very unique. And even when the invitationals had um, foreign judges, um, -hmm. The comment was oh, almost always, every single year, the foreign judge would say, I had no idea so many breeds could do agility. And the, the breeds that you would never think of out there, you know, the Frenchies of the world, um, yeah. that they were just shocked that they could get out there and do it and do it well, um, yeah. because they're looking at the top, the top of the breed. So uh, just kind of, it's hard to forget that if you do AKC all the time, but it is a very unique uh, organization in that way.
0: Yeah, that's like Oksana said that a white dog, a St. Bernard, made it as a white dog at Nationals. And that means they were one position away from
2: making it into Finals. My first, I think it was my, I think it was the first Invitational's a Great Dane was in the Finals.
0: Oh, wow. Wow.
2: Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Uh, I don't think I had even seen a Great Dane compete and that dog was just really good. Yeah, Yeah, I'm
1: hoping I can get to invitations one day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> do love I do love that, that AKC T V has it streaming and that you can watch as I think actually when you were saying Briard I think there was a a Briard that I watched at Invitationals this year that was like impressively fast. Like you just wouldn't think about a Briard being as yeah, fast as yeah. this one was. And I can't I, I think I'm
2: pretty sure it was. Yeah. There's a Tawny, um I'm not gonna come up with her name, but who who does very well good athletic dog and not you know a, not not too big um, yeah a nice size so yeah it's a lot of fun even now as a rep I mean I obviously I go every year I have to <laughs> but um it's still it's still a lot of fun to look up in the ring and see some breed that you just haven't seen in at least several months and and again I'm fortunate I get to go around the country so I do tend to see more breeds but it's still it's still a unique experience to see that at the invitationals yeah.
0: What's your favorite or most memorable breed or run out of everywhere you've been? What's one or two that just stick out? You're like, oh, I'll never forget that run.
2: Of of breeds that I've run?
0: No. a breed, Well, it could be breeds that you've run or runs that you've watched.
2: Well, uh, the Great Dane, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mention, there's a, I want to say it's a Frenchie, and a um, Carmen. Carmen, maybe? That sounds Is familiar. Somewhere in the North. Or something. Or something. Was running a, a few years ago, maybe. And that dog was really fun to watch. Yeah, I can't think of... I can't think of any really... Oh, that's right. just I just put you on like the that, spot because but... I, I was just curious. <laughs> but it's always fun. I also, you know, they, they used to have a show in Boston. Yeah, the expo. You know, I want to say in December. And it was a one ring and uh, four days. And that show, I used to bring all of my dogs to that show because it was just a fun, fun event. They brought in sod, And that used to be like my thing they had an announcer and every time I came into the ring and with the only afghan in the trial <laughs> and with the only cocker spaniel with the only briard in the trial with the only manchester in the trial and so even just from the early stages of, of my agility career I've always found the off breeds, as they as they call them just fascinating to see why aren't more people interested in this breed because I just saw that dog run and he was awesome and it's just it's you know it's interesting to see what people can do when they have a breed that they love and they just understand the best way to get the best out of that dog.
1: Yeah, that's like, I think the the most memorable like off breed for me has got to be Valor,
2: the um, Saluki yes. and Chris. oh, that's a great example. Yeah. yeah, what they could do was amazing, amazing.
1: Absolutely amazing, and he was the first Saluki ever to re- to receive a mock. Mm-hmm. The first Saluki to receive a pock as well. I think he's still, the highest number of mocks right Mm because i think there's another one that just recently earned a mock but it was incredible to see them and what they were able to achieve together Mm -hmm. so it is fascinating to see and i think there's a borzoi out there whimsy yeah yes right that's that's doing it as well so definitely seeing those off breeds is awesome
2: those two the the 2020 knack that got canceled they would have been the first of their breed at a national Mm -hmm. wow wow that's amazing So it is that kind of thing where you see somebody really take a breed that people don't think of as um either trainable or athletic or whatever it is that they that they feel like oh why would you why would you pick that breed for agility and then you see them in the ring and they are just doing great mm-hmm. um that that's exciting that's fun to see,
0: yeah, well, on that note, I think we should just take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, hey agility addicts. I have a really cool sponsor to tell you guys about that I actually went after. Walter recently got his mock. Well, I know, surprising. And I wanted to celebrate it with his fan club. And so I wanted to bring something special. And we all know mock cakes are kind of off the table right now. They're not very COVID friendly. So I wanted something such as cookies, which could be individually wrapped. I checked with a bunch of local bakeries. They were booked way out. It wasn't, you know, or they were prices that I was found a little pricey. So I looked online and even though they're local to me, I found a really cool company called Wicked Good Cookies. Now in New England, wicked means very or super, and they live up to their name. They have $5 flat rate shipping nationwide. So whether you live in Tacoma, Washington or Sarasota Springs, Florida, you can get these cookies for five bucks. If you live locally, or you're at a trial, I'm going to, I'm happy to pick them up for you. They'll give you some extra cookies. But they've also done us a deal because I explained to him all about you know agility and how we celebrate and mock cakes and how we need cookies instead and COVID safe. And for 15% off using the discount code STARTLINE, Wicked Good Cookies is honoring our discount, which is super cool. So please go check out wickedgoodcookies.com. You can also get them if you're local to New England through DoorDash, Grubhub. They're just in Boylston, Mass. 15% off your order. They can put anything you want on picture-wise. These are great for kids going back to school. It's also wonderful for weddings, birthdays. You can't be there. You can send a box of cookies. But more specific to agility for your championships or even just a great title or just, hey, let's make agility fun again. Check out Wicked Good Cookies and use a discount code STARTLINE to save 15% today.
1: And we're back. <laughs> All right, so we've talked about different places that you've seen for course building, different... I mean, we've talked a little bit about polls and different difficulties with course design around those. Um, how about let's talk a little bit about exhibitors and clubs in general, something that you wish they would know. So what what do you think... Even on a judging aspect or the rep aspect as well, what are just some things that you wish they would know about trials, about
2: judges, anything? Well, there's there's a lot of things from the rep aspect. <laughs> some of them I, I can't tell them, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, just from the general judging and rep, that I think it's important to remember. We we already touched on this a bit, but there's so much variety in the sport in, in AKC, particularly both in the dogs and the handlers that a course that isn't going, isn't great for you is probably someone else's strength. And so mm-hmm. just keep in mind, if you're, if you're at a long weekend and you have, you see a course that you don't like, maybe that's the one time someone else can say, oh, there's a rap on this course. My dog is awesome at wraps and there's my chance to do it. Or, um, even something basic. I, I ran a standard poodle, one of the standard poodles that I ran was 27 and change at the shoulder. Oh, wow. So if I went to a weekend and all the jumpers runs had two 20 foot tunnels in a C shape, I, man, that was tough to see that every day because he had to really get down and poodles are so straight in the front. And, um, so for me, for that particular dog, that, that wasn't the ideal. But in the meantime, I also ran a Parson Russell Terrier and Hey, put put 20 tunnels out there she would have loved it so just to keep in mind that before you before you trash a course or think poorly of a judge's design that there's probably people at that trial who really like that course and that's that's their dog's thing
1: yeah that's great I think that's an important message to to get out because I think people are so critical and quick to judge on courses and I think they don't they don't always think about the flip side of that Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I'd like to see exhibitors too sit down and try and, okay, you think this course isn't (laughs) good. You design a good one. Don't just fix what you don't think is good because that's easy. Why don't you design a course? Because I have tried that. It is not easy and I stink at it. And so (laughs) I've always discussed like, oh, maybe I'll become a judge. Maybe when I'm between dogs, when Debbie retires, but it keeps falling further and further on the back burner. I love learning all the stuff about becoming a judge. I pretty much will have all the knowledge of it, but I'll have to really expand and practice my design skills because they're just, it's hard. It's really, really, it is. really it hard. Is hard.
2: And it just takes practice. We have, um, we have a, a group of judges who volunteer to help the, the judge wannabes um, with their design. And so you can submit a course if you're planning on going and 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 if you're studying to be a judge, you can submit a course, and they'll critique it. And they're they're very nice about it. It's, I'm I know it's got to be scary to submit your first one, but they're very nice about it, and they just help help with the newer um, people's grasp of design. And I think that's a great program. We didn't really have that when I was becoming a judge, but the, these judges who volunteer their time really put a lot of work into it, and and it's been. The results have been good. People are coming to the seminars to the to the test much more prepared.
0: Are uh, new are new judges even happening right now? I know Carrie sent out how they're doing virtual re ju- judge re What yes. are they having current ed right now? We we had to
2: cancel the the last test. I don't know yet what's going to happen with this mm-hmm. year's. Um, no at the worries. Mo- I'm not anywhere near. <laughs> <actually>. <laughs> at the <laughs> moment, I mean, we're still planning on running it. We don't know where it's going to be, um, yeah. so there's still there's still a lot of up in the air. But <laughs> yeah. you know, hey, more time to study. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm.
0: I decided I can't. My husband joked after Debbie's last phenomenal experience at Invitational. He's like, "Are you going to retire her yet?" And I think the next trial out after that, she ran six yards per second. I was like, "Mm mm." <laughs> this this dog and then just for fun I had a friend runner Michelle's runner too but my friend Melissa ran her and she had a blast I was like this dog still loves agility I'm not yeah I you know knock on wood hopefully barring any injury I'm running until this dog looks at me and says I'm done you know well, there's no
2: years and years ago I had a papillon who started agility at nine. Oh wow she needed something to do after her obedience career she wasn't she wasn't mine and um, she started Agility, and she ended up going to the national finals, and she was almost 13 years old. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, you know, dogs, you have to treat them as individuals. Some of them can run for longer than others. So, you know, as long as yeah. you're paying attention, and if they still love it, why not let them run? Yeah, Phoenix
0: will get her mock, and then she's like, Bye! <laughs> <laughs> she's like i only do this sport because you ask me to okay she she likes it when she's right but she just she thinks too much that's her problem it's like stop Mm. thinking debbie doesn't think she's like this is the way to go like okay (laughs) phoenix is like is this the way to go
1: so yeah dogs are are fabulous (laughs) they all teach us something different
0: they really do they really really do all right we have a few more questions but a lot of these are like super judgy like judges gifts and stuff like that I don't think we need to talk about that unless you want to talk about it. this is kind of fascinating but what is
2: the best judges gift you've ever received
0: oh like what
2: was like I mean, I've really received some good ones people I'm sure I've my judging experience has been almost you know probably like 99 percent positive but I was at I was judging in Colorado years ago and um they had a This is going to sound so silly. They had a thermos for my coffee and the day went long and I don't know, four o'clock in the afternoon or something, I thought I'm going to have some more of this coffee and it was still hot. And I said to the woman, this thermos is the most amazing thermos I've ever seen. (laughs) And she ran out and got me that type of thermos and added it to my judge's gift and oh. I still I don't even remember the I don't remember what the original gift was I think it might have been a gift card but the I, the thermos appeared and I was like oh my god it was so excited. do you still have and the I still thermos have it. Ah, yeah still, I <laughs> still use it. and it's still like incredible coffee stays hot for I don't know 10 hours or something like that
0: wow yeah it's fun so. useful things like that I'll admit yeah. I'm Uh, unless I know the judge well I'm pretty boring and I get a gift card or you know but yeah
2: which is I mean still that's obviously a great gift because then I can get anything I want but yeah yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's just it's fascinating because I always I always want to thank the judges but it gets you know if they're not from the area it's fun to get them stuff from the area Mm -hmm. Um, but if they are from the area or nearby it's kind of like you know like LaVonda gets tougher every time because I'm like you've been here a thousand times you come here like ten times a year You know, what's your favorite restaurant here? I even know what room she likes. She stays at room 228. You know, like she wants a specific room. (laughs) So, yeah, it's, I think it's fascinating to think of the other side and just, I don't know. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, and it's, and it's interesting, too, because, you know, I never, I've seen debates on, on, like, Facebook groups and stuff where people are like, Why would you get the judge a gift? They're being hired to come here. And then there's other people that are like, no, absolutely. We appreciate the fact that they're taking out their weekend because as a judge, you could technically still compete. They could have used that weekend as competition and they're on their feet all day. They're watching all of these runs. You know, they've put so much time and effort into the course design. It's more than just being hired to go for the weekend to go and do this. And then, you know, and then you get, clubs that'll take them out to dinner and then you get all the gifts and you know we try our best with the clubs that that I'm a part of we try our best to show that appreciation to the judges and make sure that they they're aware about
0: well when I first joined one of my clubs I found out from other clubs that you gave judges gifts and they this new the club that I joined that was old school wasn't giving judges gifts and so I was like guys come on like you give judges your confirmation club, you're doing agility trials. You give judges hospitality and gifts for confirmation. Why is this And they were like awestruck. They're like, Really? I didn't know we gave
2: <laughs> I've judged plenty of trials that they I mean, I don't know what the percentage is for who gives gifts and who doesn't, but it 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 doesn't really even occur to me if, if I don't get a judge's gift, that's yeah. normal too. I get um, that. But maybe, you know, also Maybe I don't get a gift, but they've been stocking my judge's table with chocolate all weekend, and hey, that's yeah. good, too. <laughs> well, that's, like, at
0: invitationals, I don't really have, like, I can't just buy all of you all gifts, but every time I see you, Steve, and Carrie, and anybody else, particularly this year, I walked by Carrie's table a couple times. She pulled her glasses down. She's like, did I answer your question? I was like, I didn't have one. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I usually have questions. <laughs> And Steve, I actually have a funny story about him. He did me a solid. Noreen didn't get to go, but she wanted her shirt, and she had defaulted to the large, forgot to order her double XL. So Steve brings me in, and he's like, "Here's the double XL." You know, like he's pulling out all these shirts, and he's doing me this big favor. While this entire event's going on, he's taking time out to get a shirt. And Carrie at Westminster, my dog Debbie always gives me kisses beforehand, and she knocked my because I always wear pearl earrings with a little clear background backings she knocks my earring out I find the earring and and I'm like oh I'll just put it in my pocket and Carrie's like what are you looking for I was like the backing she bends down in the middle of this hoopla and she's like oh here it is like (laughs) you guys are superheroes and you with your like I'll get you black pants and then I you're basically my finals go-to person because this year I did not believe I made finals I couldn't fathom it I was like there's no way we dropped a bar even though I ran her I mean I ran her hard to get oh those, my gosh. those last few seconds. I was
2: so excited. I mean, I was so excited that I called you Debbie. <laughs> oh, I know. I love that.
0: I come out of the ring. She's like, Debbie, and over as here.
2: soon as I said it, I'm like, oh.
0: Everybody does it. My own instructor, Chrissy McNamara, who's also an AKC judge, called me Deb for years. And in a way, that actually works to my advantage because you're called by your dog's call name. So if you're in a conversation and you're kind of subconsciously not paying attention, and you might hear a familiar name, but if you hear your name, Debbie has essentially become my name. So I'm completely fine with it. I think it's adorable. Um, I have no problem. You know, if I named her like Buttercup, I'd be like, what? (laughs) Weird to be calling me Buttercup. But yeah, I, yeah, no, it's funny. Everybody does it. But uh, one thing I did learn that I didn't know is that the camera is on you when you're in the hot seat. (laughs) I'm like adjusting my bra, pulling up my pants. People are texting me, making fun of me in a joking way, but my friend's like, what what's wrong with your bra and your pants? You wearing spanks under there? And I was like, oh no. <laughs> because the first year I sat in the hot seat for just one round. It was, and it was so cute. Arlene comes over to tell you you're up. I'm like, I know, I know. I watched, I'm out. <laughs> and this year I'm like, am I still here? And you're like, wait, wait, wait. Am I still here? Wait, wait, wait. So I, I love that. But it, yeah, it's, you're my invitationals. Like, good luck, charm, feel good. Like, keep me grounded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're the one I can go up to and be like, the screen right? Does it really say that I'm in finals? Because I don't believe it. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, I'll always know to wear black pants. Always, always, always. But I won't. I actually have a thing now where I won't wear black pants the day, uh, that finals day. Because I don't want to jinx myself. I feel like I need As long to... as
2: you have them to change into. <laughs> I have them. To,
0: I brought them with me. But I even brought
2: them with me and I left them in. Spread the, the word. Because you're not the only one who's done that. <laughs> <laughs> but I left them in the
0: car. Um, so that it wasn't, you know, I didn't want to be presumptuous. So I had actually made a COVID test because my friends had gotten into finals and I knew I'd be there. So I was like, oh, I'll go. Cause the convention center was having COVID testing and I got on my phone and I scheduled a COVID test and then they're like, um, you might want to check the board. I was like, oh, and I didn't believe them. And I was like, Arlene. And you're like, yep, you're on the list. Okay. Give me my shirt. <laughs> so I love invitationals. I'm so, but back to the whole judge's gifts. I'm so appreciative for you guys at invitationals particularly this year you could Thank see you. it i know it was stressful you did not put that on us at all but i know how stressful it was getting there being there i know at some points you guys were short-staffed it was chaos because we all knew what was going on but didn't know what was going on it was wonderful i felt safer there than i felt anywhere else like it was just really really good so Thank you, always, you and Steve and Carrie and everybody else behind the scenes. There's gobs of people. Even when you go to get the ribbon, everybody's just so cheerful and, yeah, it's...
2: Yes, we call that the happy place. Every time we're having a bad day, we're like, we're going to go volunteer at the ribbon table for a while. <laughs> Cheer us up. <laughs> well, the ribbon
0: table's fun because I totally forgot about the sporting and working wards. So you go up and scan your thing and it's like, it's like playing the lotto.
2: <laughs> I, there's so much stuff. It's hard to even keep track of for us.
0: Yeah, I was going for the bread pie, but Walter, not his fault, but nice. his, his contacts <laughs> and I don't get along. And I did not support them. And Gail, Gail did right, but she called them like an obstacle behind. And I was like, for you know, if you live on that second, you're like, oh, did we make? You knew he was out. You're like, there's no way she didn't see that. But then you're like, and then her hands went up and I just crumbled. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that's when you make an error and you hope that you got away with it and you totally didn't. But he did me proud, but I would have loved to have won the bread buy on him. So that's a goal for next year. I'm yeah. Gonna- I'm going to attempt that. Why not? Because mm-hmm. he's ho-hum at trials here, but invitationals. Oh, he was so. <sighs> I've never seen him do weave Pulse that fast. I've never. <laughs> he was placed 12th after the first day. For him, I
2: was stoked. It's, there was an excitement. Even without the crowd, there's still a, a special right. excitement.
0: There was a mm-hmm. much smaller, mu- there was like no crowd this year. And still, Debbie was like on point. She was, oof, that bar drop was me. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. But, Michelle, you've got to go to Invitational. You have to go to Invitational. You can run Walter. I want to. You so can run bad. Walter. It's so, <laughs> it's so, so so phenomenal. It is by far the best event ever. It's, you know, Laura and I always joke about how it's better than our wedding day. It, it is. It is. And my husband's <laughs> fine with that. It, you, and that's I so want to. A tribute to Arlene and the crew because you guys make it that that much fun. And it's the little things, the bags coming into the... I know it's Yucanuba, but coming into the Sea of Pink and just
1: all the special little things that you guys do. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I just have to hope that Sirius can be the number one preferred this year. Mm. It's a far stretch, but we'll see. We'll see what the boy can do. Keep trialing. You know, I'm very supportive that way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep joining... I apparently keep joining clubs, and they're like, you want a chair? Sure. You want to be on the board sure Um, it's becoming like this other job that you don't get paid for and it takes a lot of time so I'll figure it out somehow but I'm so wanting to have these trials and this is what it takes and you know I've been lucky to encourage people like Michelle and Melissa have stepped up and joined clubs too so it really does take a village to get these trials on it takes exhibitors' help. It takes judges' help. It takes reps' help. It takes Carrie's help for answering all the questions that you know, it takes our secretary's help. Without them, we'd be a paperwork disaster. Although we do know we can't start a trial without a secretary. No offense. But thanks to Arlene.
2: <laughs> but it's not recommended.
0: No, it is not recommended. It is not efficient. By any stretch of the imagination. There you go.
1: Alright. Michelle, did we have any other questions? Oksana gave us some good ones. We're... I, I tied in some of Oksana's into some of these. Oh, yeah. So she she had actually, Oksana was a, an absolute wealth a hoot. of topics and things to discuss. She We we had so much fun with her. So she was, one of the things she had come up with, and totally giving Oksana credit for this one, was who hired you for your very first assignment as a judge?
2: Oh, yes. Oh. Hmm. You know, actually, that is an interesting question, because my very first assignment was a substitute judge. Uh, um, I think it was Pam O'Day had gotten injured, and Clyde Clausen was judging the other ring, and I I was brand new. And um, so I took, I think he took her courses, and I took his courses, and I did the Novice Open, and he did her excellent courses. So that was my first one, and I want to say it was Princeton Dog Training Club. Um, I think Janet Budzinski was involved somehow, so I'm I'm pretty sure that was the club. Um, and it was a great experience. Just you know, really nice group of people, and of course, local. So I I knew most everybody, so that made it well. I guess in some ways, some some judges don't like to know who they're judging, but yeah. Um, yeah. for me, I thought it was I thought it was fun. Yep, so that was my first one. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: yeah, I thought that was a great question. Yeah, she yeah, I think Oksana's other one was uh, the best judge's gift that that they received. That yeah. was one of hers. <laughs> she was she was amazing because we had a great interview, and then she kept emailing us back with, you should
0: ask this question, you should ask this question. And it just, <laughs> I love it because, you know, it's all about sharing. Like I said, even if you volunteer, you only get a snippet of the – because the judge is busy. You only get a snippet of their time and even less of a rep. Less. You know, you're there, you were there because – Jack How also was judging invitationals that year, and so they they send out the reps, yeah. I think for six months or whatever so yeah it's it's so rare that we get to see the people behind the scenes, but we don't really get to talk that much to the people, so yeah, I'm sure it's yeah. fun for you to get out a little bit behind the behind the maps <laughs> <laughs> well that's just one one other question I have what other so we know, and this is just assumptions and what we've been told. We know that part of your job as an AKC rep is to approve and, and, um, you know, check over maps and occasionally, based on circumstances, go out to the site to either look over a provisional judge or if a judge is judging a big event. But what are some other responsibilities that we might not be aware of of an AKC rep?
2: Well, under normal circumstance, circumstances, we would be going out um, two to three times a month. So we go out quite a lot. Oh, wow. Mm. Um, but now we're, February I went out once. Um, so just because of the difficulties with travel right now. Um, yeah. that, and, and again, short staff. But um, we normally go out if there's, if there's we, we'll go to see a new judge. Obviously, right now is a little bit different. Some of them are out there on their own, poor things, but uh, <laughs> for the most part we go, and it's it's not it's, it's for education purposes, and, and also it's good protection um, to make sure that everybody's behaving and not taking advantage of a new judge. We'll go out to a new site if nobody's been there. We'll go if there's a new club, uh, mm. if there's a club that hasn't been seen in a long time. We try to see even experienced judges at least once every two years, because the rules do change. And even with going to READS, we just want to keep an eye on them and make sure everybody understands new rules and um, are, they're keeping up to date with the judges blog and that type of thing. As far as other stuff right now, with nationals coming up, I am working on the catalog, which is quite a project, and working on the, the courses that we're going to use Rhonda's dealing with merchandise and the e-store and all of that and she of course designs all the logos for everything that we do she's so good at it <laughs> <laughs> and um what else am i doing now i just, i have so many projects on my desk you know, of course i can't come up with what they all are um those are the two the two main ones right now that are you know have a imminent deadline the catalog needs to go this coming week and uh Obviously, the courses need to be ready
0: <laughs> yeah so I have one yeah. quick question about a rule that I heard of that I had never heard of is there such thing as a blocking rule a what a blocking a block. rule so apparently an exhibitor was called at an AKC trial for blocking an obstacle so they thought and it was
2: given an F is okay that- well I know you don't have all the there's details. There's no huh? actual rule called a blocking rule, but if you and your dog make contact and it benefits the the dog, it benefits you. Then that would be then that would be called an F. So, if they were standing in front of a wrong course obstacle and the dog touched them, that could be what the call was. Okay. There's also, I mean, there's also if your dog, if you make contact with your dog and there's no advantage to it, you know, you guys collide and you fall over. Um, there's no advantage to that and so that doesn't get called. But then there's certain places where it's where any contact is called. On the table, you know, you have the everybody always talks about it's it's very sad when it happens, but the dog reaches up and kisses the handler yeah. on the face and so cute, but it's an F. At a contact, if the dog is coming down a contact and you put your hand out and, and the dog inadvertently brushes your hand, that that's gonna get called and while the dog is weaving. Um Okay. And that's you know the people who do this. Uh, I'm doing it as if you guys can see me, but the the waving your arm in and out to yeah. try to get your dog to go in and out of the pole. Sometimes you brush your dog's face or ear or something like that, and and that contact gets called also. Yeah. So um, so it could be. I mean, if they were if they were trying to block the dog from taking a wrong course and the dog ran into them or brushed against them, that would get called.
0: Okay. Yeah. It was just a post on Facebook that says. I won't get into it because, I, you know, it's a, it just says, I ended up blocking the tunnel not realizing it. Is it an AKC rule that you can't block an obstacle or a tunnel? The judge did confirm that he gave me an F for blocking the tunnel.
2: Hmm. You know, the other thing that could be is if he, if the person touched the tunnel, because you can't touch the equipment uh, during the run. We were very careful yeah, yeah, yeah. Today during the run because we didn't want to ruin the mock bar tradition. But... um. If, you know, if he was trying to get in front of it and stepped on it with his foot or something like that, maybe, yeah. I don't, you know, obviously. Yeah. I, I know it, we so.
0: don't know the details. We don't know. I was just curious <laughs> because it was a potential rule I had not heard of, but yeah, that makes sense. Again, we don't, he could have thought he was blocking the tunnel, really he was standing in it. And the judge called the F for that. Yeah. And he yep. went up to the judge and said, why'd you call me? And he said, because you were standing in the tunnel. And he thought standing in front of the tunnel. I get it. I mean, we all, there's not enough <laughs> information. This is, you know. Yeah third party fourth removed from a facebook post i mean it's not fact kids but yeah no i was just curious because i wanted to make sure i'm a i'm a rule geek and so i always want to know like oh did i miss one because every so often i'm reminded of one i know about runout planes but the way my dog did this i got a refusal for a runout plane i was like what and then when it was described to me duh it made total sense so i'm always eager to learn so i just wanted to since I had a rep on the on the line, it was like, "Oh, okay. Let me let me see about this." But yeah, because it didn't make sense to me, and I yeah. of course have the rule book on my phone, and I read through it, and it didn't make sense. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I mean, a lot of it blocking. When we when we count side switches, we assume that <laughs> not always the case, but we assume that master's dogs will have a lead out. <laughs> so, um, if there's <laughs> if there's an option on one side, we don't count it because we assume that the person will lead out and negate that option so I mean in a sense hmm. that could be considered blocking but it's there's it's not frowned upon you're not you're not bouncing your dog you're not physically bouncing your dog away from that obstacle it's just you're locating yourself where your position makes it less likely they're gonna take it right hmm.
0: yep 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 that makes sense so
1: yeah I had heard that once that that you assume at the master's level that you would have a lead-out that made me laugh
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I whole, have absolutely. Uh, no it's lead all the way to the second obstacle at the master level. It's halfway at the open level, and it's no lead out assumption at the novice level. But my experience has been more lead outs in novice actually, <laughs> more yeah. successful ones anyway. Yes, because the yeah, dogs are too nervous to out. leave the line. <laughs> <laughs> By the time they get to master, they're like, "Yeah, I'm not waiting. We, I got it. I know what I'm doing." <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened to
1: yeah. me. Riley had a great lead out novice. And then it very quickly deteriorated from there. <laughs> That's one thing I have. Although this weekend, Debbie,
0: I was like, wait, wait. And I was walking down the dog walk and I was like, oh, here she comes. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, Well, Michelle, did you have any other questions? I think we've berated Arlene <laughs> <really laughs> enough.
1: <laughs> no, I, I think honestly, I think this is just, it was fascinating. I learned some things. Definitely learned some things I didn't realize. I, I I'm still in shock at how many judges so are under well, <laughs> under
2: That's wreck. just during this time. That's very unusual. Yeah, yeah, but, but still even forty. 40.
0: <laughs> you know, oh, like so okay, so let's break it down even more. In regular times, normal times, you have about forty judges. How many
2: courses per week are you looking over? It depends on the on the month because there's more trials in certain months than others. But um, I would say we're we're all well above 500 in a month, and um, some of us probably are in the 800s. Wow! And again, you know, depending on the month, it could even be more. Uh, I know for sure, Lisa Dempsey is a a champion at getting through massive amounts of courses, and she, I think, was in the mid 800s for the month um, last month. Pretty sure.
1: That blows my mind. Blows my mind.
0: Cause there's sometimes in one weekend I'm like, I can't even look at the map. I don't care. I'll just figure it out.
1: (laughs) You know, there was, there was a weekend recently over the summer where we had a time to beat run where the weave poles were forgotten. Like they weren't on the map. And, and I'm always in my head, I'm like, okay, but a rep approved this too. How could you, and then I'm like, okay, you're looking at 800 courses, of course. (laughs) And obviously human error, but of course it's something that you can easily.
2: Well, my first question would be, did, did the, changes get made did they add it in did they add did changes get missed because that mm. happens that oh. happens a lot um because when you're i mean it's the same thing when you're getting let's say you designed 26 27 courses you're getting them all back and there's little tweaks on some of them and you go through and maybe miss a change um oh, i mean yeah. something that major i wouldn't think that would happen but it could you know could happen well it's so. just
0: interesting to correlate it to i can't self-edit most people can't but you know at first i was like This judge had to create the course. Then, it, you know, they look over it. They, okay, okay, I'm going to submit it. They submit it. Then it goes to the rep. The rep looks over it. They, Mm -hmm. whatever, they either send it back or whatever, you know, gets approved or not. And then it has to get printed and the judge is looking, you know, like, how many eyeballs did it go under? And then I said, if it goes under your eyeballs 20 times, I can't tell you how many times I write a Facebook message and I mistype it. And I get home and reread it when I'm in a different sound mind. I'm like, that's terrible. <laughs> so, I I totally get how the judge can miss, it. and even a rep too. Again, because if you're looking at 800 courses a month,
2: yeah, you know, when but you're that- designing also. I mean, when I designed, when I when I went back to judging for a bit, I had another rep review my stuff, even though I am a rep, mm-hmm. um, because you you once you put that many hours into it. It looks like what you think it looks like, <laughs> yeah. and you can miss stuff really easily just staring oh, yeah. at a screen that long. You need you need fresh eyes on it to really make sure you didn't make any mistakes or miss something important.
0: Yeah, and yeah. other than that, in my years of doing agility, the only other thing I saw was a tire got missed, and that to me is pretty minor, but I, I just remember somebody who's like in a standard course. They're like, there's no tire. I was like, oh, okay, because, you know, I don't care. Tire's not an obstacle that I bother with. I just... I have to remember to say tire instead of tunnel because i seem to mix those two up my dog has figured it out she's like whatever i know to take this one um <laughs> but yeah that was the only other time otherwise everything's been copaesthetic as far as i knew
1: yeah, yeah. well I mean, honestly i watched i looked at that time to be map and i'm like this is a great course and i yeah. had no idea and until like they were course building <laughs> they're like wait the weave poles aren't here so and then it's like every just... <laughs> yeah and every
0: single akc course has the weave poles it's not like this was speed stakes in UKI or something.
2: <laughs> <sighs> One of the so things nice. we do when we get to a trial is pick up, you know, look at the course maps and just quick, do a quick review. Even though the judge has already seen it. Another rep has already seen it. You know, you can never have too many eyes on it. And yeah, sometimes there's something missing. Usually it's minor, you know, they forgot a bar jump or they forgot a panel. So it's easy to fix, but yeah, it happens. Yeah. We're human. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we're human and we're appreciative. We are so appreciative of you stepping up and being a judge because you allowed us several trials um, and also being a rep and being behind the scenes and also being my finals go-to person at invitationals. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So I think on that note, we'll let you get back to, I'm sure you have courses and things to do or children to take care of.
1: (laughs) I have to go finish. It's been
2: a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah. My yes, thank you
1: so much, Arlene. All right, have a good one. Hey, agility addicts. As
0: always, please rate, review, subscribe, and support our podcast. You can rate, review, and subscribe on any of the eight platforms that you can find us on. But you can also offer us support in a monthly donation on our anchor.fm page. It's startlinepod at, at anchor.fm. Anyways, we'd love it. We want to keep doing this. We have a lot of other judges series and we want to thank them for coming on. So if you guys can support us, we can support them and keep supporting you guys with this great agility podcast. Thanks. Have a good one.